0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the fantasy pros football podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester joined as always by Mike Tagliere and we're on Twitter at Bobby fantasy pro and at Mike Taglier NFL tags. What's going on, man?
1: Uh, nothing, man. It's, um, it's, it's Thursday. So I've had a chance to wind down from uh, last week's action, which, um, as you, as most of you know, it did not go very well for my Chicago bears.
0: You were at the game tag. So when the kick was up, did you have a bad feeling? What, what were you thinking? I, I don't want to like, make you relive it, but everyone else does. So I'm going to do it for them.
1: It's it's a good question, and that's the thing is like I've never I've I've been to a lot of sporting events in my life. Like my dad took me to see Jordan live multiple times. The White Sox in the World Series. I was there for the the White Sox one sixty three game. Um, like th- there's a lot of experiences, and this one is like atop the list. And you know even though the Bears lost, I was at a game that is going to be talked about for generations to come. Like people are going to talk about this game. And did I think he was going to miss the kick? No. Um, I felt really good. It was just like you know for Mitch to come down the field and kind of put that drive together. It was like things was were going as they should have and Trubisky
0: it all started with Cohen man that return was brilliant
1: it was awesome and like the thing is there was a lot of things in that game you know Parky. we found out afterwards that the kick was tipped we couldn't tell that at the game it did look like a low kick uh, but we couldn't see that from where we were sitting um, so to know it was blocked I mean he's not even if it wasn't blocked he's not the only reason the Bears lost there was a lot of things in that game and I think it all came down to to Matt Nagy getting outcoached by his his friend and used to be coworker Doug Peterson, but it was it was a phenomenal game to be at. I had a blast, and um, the future is bright with Chicago Bears. So I have a uh, I have no qualms about it, and I, I I get to say that I was at that game. So it was it was it was weird to have the feeling I've never had you know, I've never felt something being sucked out of me so much because like you have so much hope and you hear the first ding off the the goalpost and you're just like, and then it hits the other one. You're just like, oh my God, no, it was, it was crazy feeling, but uh, I don't think I'll ever experience something like that again.
0: We watched it on TV, man. And the camera guy didn't pan down quickly enough. So I didn't know if it like, I knew it bounced off the other one, but I didn't know if it bounced over Or under, and I was really pulling for you. I hate Chicago sports, but dude, I was rooting for you and I was really disappointed for you. Sorry, man.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate everybody reaching out to me because uh, I had a lot of people saying, Tags, are you okay on Twitter? (laughs) And uh, I'm doing good. Like, ultimately, I'm not one of those guys that was, you know, recording videos afterwards swearing at Cody Parkey because that's just rude. You know, if you do that, guys, like, please reconsider, like, things. Like, the guy feels bad enough. um, And obviously, to find out the kick was tipped, it wasn't even his fault. So um, I have no ill will towards Cody Parkey. Should he be back with the team? That's not up to me. I, I really, I'm okay with it. He handled that like such
0: a professional. Like, that's the coolest thing that came out of it was like, man, look at this man. He's such a good dude.
1: Yeah, no. And that's the thing is, like, I I felt bad for him at the time. I knew that there was going to be a lot of hate, but uh, it kind of went too far for a lot of people. And uh, that was the that was the worst part of actually being at that game is to seeing like people act like children after the game. He's 20th all time in field goal percentage NFL history. Yeah, I, that's the thing. It's just, I, I, I don't rag on the guy, please, guys. We're better than this.
0: And like you said, like it's not like the Bears were probably going to win the Super Bowl anyway. Their window is next year and the year after that, so it's easy to be super disappointed, let it go. We've got four more games going this weekend, and tags, we're going to talk about those one at a time as we break down the DFS slate. Before we get into the games here, I want to talk about the sponsor of today's show, PristineAuction.com. And I know you're all over Pristine Auction. Every single day, it's in my routine. I'm going in there right about lunchtime, and I'm adding like 15 items to my watch list, things that I would love to get. And then when it comes time to bid, I'm, uh, I'm really excited. I just missed out on a signed... Emmett Smith Cowboys football from my collection this week. I was bummed about that, but I'm going to find something today. Tags, what have you been looking at, man?
1: Yeah, like uh, me, I'm trying to collect like a Hall of Fame player from every single team to have all, like all 32 helmets, and uh, I've been eyeballing this Dan Marino one, because uh, I don't have the Dolphins yet, and I was kind of torn. I'm like, what player should I go with? And I'm like, how do I not go with Marino? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, God, no. <laughs> go on, can I find an Adam Gay sign one? There you go. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> want that. But uh, Dan Marino, his signed helmet is up there right now with the old Dolphins logo on it. And it's making me like, I'm like, I probably should go after this one.
0: That's awesome, dude. Yeah, Pristine Auction. They've
1: got some of them for
0: everyone. They auction off hundreds of items every single day. You're going to be really surprised by some of these prices. There's always something that is just a great value. That's why I'm always keeping an eye out because I'm going to get one of those values. Every single month, I'm going to go out and get one of those values. It's just an absolute blast on Pristine Auction. Everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Again, that's pristineauction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. So let's start with the Saturday afternoon game. We're going into Kansas City. There's gonna be a little bit of snow on the ground in the morning, but it'll clear up in the afternoon be a little bit warmer. We've got a shootout between Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck. I'm assuming you're going with one of these two in cash games, right?
1: Oh, yeah. You have to choose between one or the other, and it really comes down to which one you want to pay up for. I mean, if you have the room to pay up for Mahomes, he's the play. I mean, On on
0: DraftKings, I don't know why you wouldn't use Mahomes. His ownership should be 100%. It'll probably be around 50 or 60.
1: Yeah, it just comes down to the cheaper options that you feel comfortable with. And if you can find some guys down there that you feel comfortable with, like pay up for Mahomes. But if you want to play Luck, I have no issue with that. I've been kind of against playing offensive players when they go to Kansas City, just because Kansas City, they've only allowed 18 points per game at home this year compared to 34.6 points per game on the road. But I went through and dug a little deeper for these games, obviously. And um looking at the competition, like here's the here's the quarterbacks they've played this year at home. Jimmy Garoppolo, he was hurt like late in that game, Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton, Case Keenum, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Phillip Rivers, and Derek Carr. So of those quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers was the only one to finish top 10. But, I mean, going through those names, I don't think you expect many of those guys to put up massive totals against them. So, knowing Andrew Luck is playing well, the Chiefs are kind of like Houston in the fact that if they don't get a pass rush up front, their secondary is, is very weak, I, I would say. Like, I don't think their cornerback unit is uh, is top-notch. Their linebackers are obviously not very good. They're set. Their back half of their defense has been missing Eric Berry. So... I feel like Andrew Luck can hang with Patrick Mahomes in this one. The only reason, Bobby, that I'm choosing Patrick Mahomes over Andrew Luck is because I feel like Luck can lose some of his upside in this game to the run game. Like Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines should be able to get things done on the ground against KC, whereas like the Colts' run defense has been much better than Kansas City's run defense. So I don't think you're going to lose any of that upside with Patrick Mahomes. They both have a ton of safety. I mean, you look at Luck. He's got
0: at least 19 fantasy points in 13 games this season. But then you've got Mahomes, who's got 23 fantasy points in 13 games this season. You know, on DraftKings, where you have so much money, I can't see a scenario where you would fade the best player on the slate, and really not even close. I think it's Patrick Mahomes. On FanDuel, I love luck, too. Uh, It's these two or my quarterback, and we'll get to my quarterback in a little bit. I'm not playing either of these two on FanDuel. There's just not enough money to go around.
1: Really? That stinks? I mean... I don't know. I think Lux' upside's there too, though. Like, there's, did you know there's been four different quarterbacks who have thrown for four hundred or more yards against the Chiefs this year? <sighs> That is a lot. Luck is probably going to do it. He's going to be playing from down. Uh, what are
0: they right now? And-
1: yeah, it dropped down to five points. The over-under is the highest on the slate. It's at 57 points. That's massive. So, I mean, you definitely this is the game, like we talked last week, where it was uh, you wanted Colts and the Texans that game. This is the game you want on this slate. Like, you want to attack this slate. And again, in cash, you need to. Uh, in tournaments, I know some people are going to look to other places because they feel like people are going to attack this game. But rightfully so. I just feel like, you know, the the, the Colts defense has been good. But we've talked about it in the show before, Bobby, where it's like the Colts defense has been good against quarterbacks. Uh, they were the they allowed the 11th fewest fantasy points to them this year. But since week six, the list of quarterbacks they played is atrocious: uh, Sam Darnold, Derek Anderson, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert twice, Ryan Tannehill, Cody Kessler, and Deshaun Watson twice. Dak Prescott, Eli Manning. Like, come on. I looking at that that slate of that slate of quarterbacks, you essentially should have been like a top three defense against quarterbacks. So Andrew Luck eats those guys for breakfast, man. Yeah. Well that's the thing, is like that's what I'm saying. Like Patrick Mahomes against those guys, like, it's gonna be a joke. Like, the only concern I have is obviously uh, Tyreek Hill like he hasn't been the same player ever since hurting his ankle I know he had one game in there hopefully that that's behind him they've had two weeks to rest we don't know if Sammy Watkins is going to play just yet I know even they're... if he
0: does he's going to be limited I'm sure
1: right those are my only concerns but I think that Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are good enough Damian Williams uh, Spencer Ware is back that's the biggest thing Bobby is where do you lie on the whole you know Chiefs thing like do you take a discount to play Spencer Ware or do you pay up for Damian Williams Oh, I'm paying up for Williams, no doubt about it. You gotta have him in your lineup. Do you disagree? Well, did you know that Damian Williams has still yet to top 13 carries in his career?
0: That's not good. He did have 20 touches against the Seahawks two weeks ago, though.
1: Yeah, the touches have been there. Like He's been getting receptions, but Spencer Ware has shown the ability to work in the past game, too. So it's like, you know, with Spencer Ware coming back at 100%, like he's been out for a month, like he hasn't had any work. He's he's like, he's ready to go. I I still do believe that Damian Williams is going to be the better play. But like in tournaments, you're looking to go a little bit away from the, you know, like people are trending towards and Damian Williams is obviously going to be more owned. So I think Spencer Ware, I don't think it would shock me if he finished with more fantasy points than Damian Williams in this game. You know, the last game
0: he played, everyone was like, oh, Spencer Ware was horrible against Oakland. Come on. Why'd you recommend playing him? Next game he played against Baltimore. As you know, the best defense against running backs. He had 20 touches for 129 yards and he didn't get in the end zone. So everyone was like. Oh, he's kind of mediocre. He lost his job to Damian Williams. I I don't know if that's true. I I just trust Damian Williams more than where, because who knows what's going to happen with the hamstring. I'm not saying Williams is going to get
1: 20 carries or that he's the clear cut starting back, but we know he's going to get a dozen and that should be enough. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think Damian Williams is a safer play in cash, but honestly, I don't think I'm going to be playing either of these guys in cash this week Um, Just because, like, the the Colts, they are one of a couple teams in the NFL who didn't allow a 100-yard rusher the entire season. Now, they have allowed plenty of receptions to running backs, and that's the thing. Where does it get split up between Damian Williams and Spencer Ware? The reason that I think Williams is the better play is just because, like, they obviously gave him a contract extension, and they didn't give one to Spencer Ware. That kind of tells us, we want Damian Williams around. I'm guessing they're going to draft a running back, to be honest with you, because, again, I don't see Damian Williams as the workhorse type. And if the Chiefs do jump out to a lead, they're going to want to run the ball. Like, they're going to sit on it a little bit. So I think Spencer Ware could be in line for some more work than people think. But on the other side of the ball, I'd rather play Marlon Mack than both of those guys. And... Mack, really? Not Hines? I'm going back to Hines, though. Like, if you're looking for a cheap option, I know last week it was a complete letdown. He played a season low. I think it was nine, eight or nine snaps. That I, I thought there was an injury of some sort, but... The Chiefs have been like terrible, like legit terrible against running backs. There have been 14 running backs who have posted top 18 numbers against the Chiefs this year. There were 23 running backs who posted at least 11.8 PPR points against them, which was more than any other team in the NFL. They're almost all involved in the passing game, though, and Mac isn't. That doesn't concern you? Mac was a little bit more involved last week uh, in terms of like the the touch share like Ryan Kelly getting him back helps the run game. The chiefs have struggled against the run as well, but a lot of teams do get like the the work through the air against them because a lot of teams are are falling from behind. So you want to find those targets for sure. And I think we're going to see Marlon Mack have a much bigger role in this game. So to see Heinz price dip down to 3300 on DraftKings, he's an awesome cheap play. So Marlon Mack's 5800 on DK. And the reason that you have to like him even more is not just because like the Chiefs are terrible against running backs. But because, like, uh, with Ryan Kelly in the lineup, the Colts are averaging 4.5 yards per carry compared to 3.6 yards per carry without him. Uh, he came back last week. We saw Mac tear up uh, the Texans. That was a team that hadn't allowed a 100-yard running back all season, and he killed him. For 148 yards on a touchdown, he looked fantastic. So this could be one of those things where if, like, if you go back to Bobby, we talk about, you know, the Doug Peterson offense, you know, the Frank Reich offense. Do they have a running back who, who is going to carry the load? It's been a timeshare. They got to the playoffs and we saw Jay Ajayi getting more and more snaps in the playoffs. So it's like, is that what's happening with Marlon Mack? Where it's like, they conser- they preserve these running backs until they get to this point, And it's like, we're going to let this kid run. And I mean, at 5,800, I can't really fault you for playing him. I just don't know if you want to play him over some of the other options on the slate. That's where it comes down. But Mack is definitely cash game viable.
0: Marlon Mack is $100 cheaper on FanDuel than Melvin Gordon. I'm not going there.
1: Really? Wow.
0: I mean, he's been playing really well lately. We've still got him at fifteen percent ownership on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it's uh, it's right around that range as well. But you've got so much money to spend that I don't know why you would need to go down.
1: You would rather play Marlon Mack than Damian Williams. I would, I think, just because. I mean, in cash, like when you're paying there. I mean, Max seven hundred more. When you're paying that much money, it's like, I don't have an issue with Williams. I really don't, especially in the PPR format. But I think that Marlon Mack's a better play on FanDuel just because, like, you don't have to worry about the receptions as much. And, like, he's going to be the goal line back for sure.
0: $1,200 cheaper on FanDuel. I'm going with Damian Williams.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty significant discount. But to be honest with you, I don't even know if I'm going to play either of these guys. Spencer Ware, by the way, $400 more expensive than Williams on FanDuel. Oh wow, that's crazy. Now that Williams is the play there. Like, but on DraftKings, you have Damian Williams six hundred more than Spencer Ware. And that's not like a big like price difference. Where a lot of people are just gonna go to Williams. But again, we're in tournaments, I kinda like him.
0: Yeah, I like him too. I think that's a really good call. I was not really considering him for tournaments. Big time on my radar now. Uh let's go wide receivers in this game. Tyree Kill is I can't play him in cash games. Like, I know what the models are saying. He's a good value for his price, but that's based on like Thirty percent of his games he would be amazing. The other seventy percent he's going to kill you.
1: I can't blame him in cash games. Oh, he's 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 a tough sell in cash games for sure. But he has been seeing targets like he hasn't seen fewer than seven targets in six of his last seven games. So volume hasn't really been a concern. If we have Sammy Watkins coming back, like I I don't know if that takes away from Tyreek Hill's like target upside. I don't think it does. But when you have a game that has like a fifty-seven point over/under, it's really tough to stay away from Tyreek Hill. They've been moving him all over the field, so it's not really like like the Colts can key in and say, we're going to stop Tyreek Hill, because they move him in the slot quite a bit. He's going to be owned in 30-40% of lineups.
0: I mean, like I said, he's a good value on DraftKings, 7,400. On FanDuel, though... He's the most expensive he's eighty four hundred dollars. I'm not touching that
1: I would rather play Michael Michael Thomas 100 percent like I, I want to be totally clear about that and it's very unlikely that I'm gonna have Tyree kill in my cash lineup just because he's just too much like he, if I'm gonna pay up for a receiver there's only one receiver I can really pay up for and if you're going up that high, go to Michael Thomas. the one thing you should know it's odd because the Colts don't have a cornerback that runs a, a sub four five second 40 yard dash okay that that's like okay, wow Tyree kill like obviously the burners he's a four two four three guy. But the Colts have allowed just four plays, four passing plays of 40 plus yards this year. I don't know. It's obviously the safety play. It's the scheme, keeping the ball, keeping the the wide receiver in front of you. That's what they've done all year because the completion rate against them is one of the highest in the NFL, but they've kept the play in front of them and they do run a zone heavy scheme. So maybe they just make sure that a player doesn't get over the top. So speaking of which Malik Hooker has not been practicing this week. That's a problem. That is a big problem because Malik Hooker is really good. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I'm with you. Like, you're never going to cross Tyree Kill off your tournament list. I think he's a good tournament player. Of course. <laughs> but uh, in cash, I'm with you. I can't go there. Okay. What about Sammy Watkins? Any way you would play him in even GPP? I don't think so. Me either. The Colts have allowed just one top 12 performance against them all season. So, you know, knowing that Watkins, you know, he never, like, going back to his season in Buffalo where he tried to play through that foot injury, he was terrible. It was his least efficient season by a mile, and he had the same quarterback that he did the prior year. So, I just don't think Watkins plays well through foot injuries, and, I mean, most pass catchers don't. So, like, knowing that he might be on a snap count, some people are going to play him just because he's 4,500, just because his name is Sammy Watkins, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. But I think best case scenario, you're probably looking at, like, 50 yards and a touchdown. And I don't think that that's, like something that I need to chase. I mean, you could get that from Noah Brown in Dallas. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to spend up
0: for Sammy. I'm not saying Noah Brown's a good play. I'm saying Noah Brown is such a bad play and you could still get that from him. So yeah, I'm not spending on Watkins. I really hope he's active so that maybe 10, 15% of lineups are using Watkins. I would not recommend it. Now, what about Chris Conley? Say Sammy
1: Watkins is out using Chris Conley. He's nice and cheap. 3900 on DraftKings. I would actually rather play Demarcus Robinson than Chris Conley right now. Conley has been like terrible, like really bad. He's he's failed to score in each of the last four games. He has not recorded more than 3 catches or 54 yards in any game. And that's despite Watkins missing those five games. Like it's just I I don't He's been held to 25 yards or less in 14 of 16 games this year. And with the way that Mahomes has played, there's like no excuse for that. I would say that it's actually better for Conley if if Sammy Watkins comes back because like Conley will play the slot a lot more than he does when he's out. But Demarcus Robinson has actually played better. Chris Conley, so I mentioned Chris Conley topped 25 yards twice this season. Robinson has topped 30 yards on five different occasions. And he's played 382 fewer snaps than Conley. So it's like You look at the prices, they're like right next to each other, but I wouldn't play. I think in tournaments, Demarcus Robinson's the play, but if you wanted to look for a Chiefs wide receiver, that's not named Tyreek Hill, but I would look to the other side in Dontrell Inman. I think Inman's a good play at 4800 They did price him up from last week, but uh, he's clearly the number two receiver here. Ryan Grant is out for this game. He's not playing. The Colts, so here's the deal. When they've allowed 21 or more points to their opponent, Andrew Luck has averaged 44.2 pass attempts per game. And, like, how does this fit in with the Chiefs? Well, the Chiefs have scored at least 26 points in every single game this year. So, the, the Colts are allowing, they're allowing 26 points here. <laughs> but, like, looking at that and knowing the 44.2 pass attempts per game could be there for the taking, knowing that T.Y. Hilton is going to be a primary focus, you know, like, you look at this offense and it's like, okay, Eric Ebron, he's going to get some, but you have to find where that other production is going. And Dontrell Inman has been fantastic. Over the last three weeks, 13 receptions, 176 yards, and three touchdowns. So, I like Dontrell Inman at 4,800, and I would play him over Conley. I'd play him over Watkins, and I'd play him over Demarcus Robinson. I'd play him over Michael Thomas.
0: He's in my lock. He's my lock at wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to be my number one overall quite yet. I haven't decided, but I when mean, we project him to be the highest on wide receiver this week on FanDuel, on DraftKings, he's going to be really highly, 23% on DraftKings because you have more, you know, more money to spend over there. But, but our model has him as by far the best value, $302 per projected point. Number two is $340, Keenan Allen. Number three is Robert Woods, $359. So Inman is far and away number one value.
1: Wow, that's crazy. I, I didn't realize that he would be that like ha, like that popular because I was on him last week, and I obviously, like, that worked out at 4,300, but at 4,800, I didn't think he'd be as popular. I mean, our consensus projections have him at more points than Brandon Cook's this week. Wow. I mean, the Cowboys have been pretty tough against receivers, but uh, how do you feel about T.Y. Hilton? 6,700 on DK.
0: I'd love to play him. I, I don't really have enough money to do it. I don't have him in my cash game lineup now, but... He's obviously a tremendous play.
1: So on the flip side of the Colts, the Chiefs, they've allowed 65 passing plays of 20-plus yards this season. That's the most in the NFL. Like, it was four more than the next closest team, so they've allowed things to get over the top, and they've really struggled as of late. So through the first 10 games, nobody realized how good that they were doing. The first 10 games, they had allowed just three top 24 receiving performances against them. That was Juju, A.J. Green, and Keenan Allen, two of which are pretty slot-heavy receivers. Over their last six games, they allowed eight top 24 receivers, including two of them to Jordy Nelson, like the guy that's like 90 years old. So, I mean, I I, I like T.Y. Hilton at 6,700. I felt like he would be like extremely high owned. But again, I don't know if I can pay up for both Michael Thomas and T.Y. Hilton. So you're going to have to choose between the two. I do like Hilton, but man, it, it's really tough for me to pass on Michael Thomas this week.
0: That's how it is for me, too. Like, if I had the money to get Hilton in there, but I'm not screwing around at running back, I've got to get the best running backs on the slate. It definitely paid off last week. If you were one of those, you know, 15% of people who faded Zeke, you did not win any money. Yeah, it was not, that was not a good move. All right, so let's go tight ends in this game. Um, now, obviously, Eric Ebron is on the list. Travis Kelsey is on the list. It's one of those two or Zach Ertz. I can't imagine playing anyone else.
1: I'm kind of with you here. I don't even think, I don't I don't want to play Ertz, especially in cash against the Saints. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit.
0: I don't either. I think a lot of people are going to, but yeah, for me, it's Ebron or Kelsey.
1: So here's the thing. I was looking at Ebron, like when we talk about, you know, Andrew Luck throwing the ball 44 times per game when they're giving up more than 20 points. And in games where Andrew Luck has thrown 40 plus times, like Eric Ebron doesn't see fewer than five targets. He's gotten up to 16 targets in a game before. If we see Andrew Luck throw the ball 50 times or more, there was four times that happened this year. In, in those games, Ebron saw five targets, 10 targets, 15 targets, and 16 targets. So, I mean, the game with five targets, that was with Jack Doyle in the lineup, so I don't look too much into that, but... Eric Berry, like, he was held out for Week 17. He's dealing with some issues. Like, he had the Achilles injury last year. He's an older player. Uh, he's had some leg issues, like, throughout the entire season. He only played one game in Week 16. So, even if he does play in this game, I'm not too worried about him. The Chiefs were, like, legit one of the worst teams in the league against tight ends this year. So, I have no problem with Ebron. If you can pay up for Kelsey, it's really hard to pass on him. You'd
0: rather have Kelsey than Ebron. If
1: they were the same price, you would you rather have Kelsey than Ebron? 100%. Yes. I, I would, for sure. I mean the Colts allowed a league high 80% completion rate to tight ends. There was nobody else in the NFL who allowed more than a 74.5% completion ratio. So it's like, we're looking at that and it's like, okay, well, Kelsey has seen at least five targets in every game, at least nine targets in eight of the last nine games. It's like, this guy is just so involved, especially in the red zone. So it's like, if you're projecting 26 plus points, it's like, where are these points going? And you, you do want parts of that passing game. So if you can afford Kelsey, yes, put him in your lineup. Like he's a fantastic play. But if you need to save some money, go to Eric Ebron.
0: I'm doing it again, man. I'm playing two tight ends. I did it in Week 17, and it paid off big time. I mean, these are two of the safest plays on the slate. I can't imagine fading either of them. Travis Kelsey's projected for 20.3 DraftKings points. Eric Ebron, 16.3. You look at the top wide receivers, Travis Kelsey would be better than Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill. Eric Ebron would be better than Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Golden Tate,
1: Alshon Jeffrey. You play them. They're cheap, too. Kelsey is up there like they priced him up at 7k that's that's where he probably should be in terms of like pricing among tight ends Ebron is close like I felt like they did a good job with the pricing of tight ends this week I really do like they're forcing you to pay up a little bit more like last week it was a no-brainer to go to Ebron what was it 5200 it was just kind of like okay Ebron's your play like you do that and you were happy with it this week to get up to 7k it's like you're gonna have to like probably miss out on one of the top tier running backs and that's really tough to do. And if you do miss it, or if you do want to play the top tier running backs, then you're not going to have any high priced wide receivers. So it's like, you have to pick your battles here. And if you could fit Kelsey, awesome. If you cannot, then go down to Ebron, but don't go lower than that in cash.
0: All right. Defense. uh, You wouldn't dare use either in this
1: game, would you? Neither of them. I mean, I wouldn't dare use any of the eight defenses. Let's be honest, but we have to pick one. They're all ugly to be honest. And that's the thing. I don't think with defenses that you can like you, I don't think you could scratch off any team because we're, I mean, there's eight teams playing and like. Almost all of them are have like have terrible matchups. So um, there's one team that I think is like a decent play, and we'll we'll get to them. But the Colts and the Chiefs. This is like the highest scoring game on the slate. I mean, the Colts at 2100. They're probably going to have the lowest ownership, I would imagine, on the slate. And let's let's be real. Patrick Mahomes is a gunslinger, and sometimes those things can go wrong. So I mean, I'm not playing him in cash. Like no chance in hell that I would play the Colts in cash. But in a tournament. I think that they have one of the better chances at a pick six. Interesting. Wow. We haven't really seen it from Mahomes. Has he thrown one pick six all season? Uh, That's a good question. I don't really track pick sixes, but uh, it's something to look into. But like like I said, there's so many things that have gone his way this year that I feel like that there's going to be a balance, right? Like, like it's like there's always a balance. And like this year, it's like heavily weighted towards Mahomes. And, you know, who knows if the playoffs get to him certain players, they just don't perform well under pressure. I don't think that that's Mahomes. The kid has tons of confidence. I have confidence in him, like so. I said, if you could afford him, pay for him. But I'm just saying, talking about pick six, like he's one of the like the loosest quarterbacks in terms of what he does. Let's say he tries to throw one of them left-handed passes. Let's try. Let's say he tries to throw a no look pass, and it gets pick six. I mean, it could be. It would be a big storyline. And again, on on a slate with eight teams, it's it's worth a shot at 2100 in a tournament.
0: Yeah, and plus there's this. When's the last time that the Chiefs were playing from behind? That's
1: true. They're they're not very often.
0: I'm not saying that they will be. I'm saying there's a chance, though. Uh, I do like the Chiefs in uh, in GPP. Luck has five games with multiple turnovers. Um, that's not horrible or anything, but with the quarterbacks left, it's you know it's someone that you would like to pick on in GPP. So I don't mind the Chiefs so much. In fact, I might have to end up using them in cash games. Oh. Uh, I, I know. I don't want to use anyone though. I, I maybe you can talk me into somebody else. I will. I will for sure. Because here's the thing, like I, I can't. Everyone in my lineup, I can't imagine making a change because I feel very confident about all these guys. I would love to spend up at several positions. I can't. I have to fit these guys in. Otherwise, I have some turd in my lineup. So, I, I mean, I would rather just suck it up at defense
1: because I think they all suck. Um and keep my guys that I feel comfortable with in the other positions. I get it. I really do. And defense has been like literally a terrible thing, but I'm looking for at least a floor, uh, like especially in cash lineups In tournaments. It's like any of them, right? But in cash lineups, I'm looking for a floor and Andrew Luck's been sacked nine times in the last 13 games. That's stupid. Okay. And so, so basically we know that they're going to give up points to the Colts offense because the Colts score, right? It, it, that secondary just can't hang. If they're not going to get sacks, they're, they're going to give up points. It's like even an interception or two, that's not really going to make a difference for me in cash. So I don't want to rely on that. I'd, I'd probably just stick with uh, the team that I'll talk about later. How many sacks do you think the chiefs have in the second half? Well, the Chiefs have been awesome. Their pass rush has been fantastic.
0: 33 sacks in the second half, dude.
1: Yeah. No, the Chiefs... They're going to get to luck. They're going to get multiple sacks. I don't know, man. That dude is just, like, untouchable right now. That offensive line is just so fun to watch. Like, Yeah, and Kelly back. Honestly, they're nasty up front. Like, like the, the Quentin Nelson thing, like, the people that were advocating them to do that, and... They spent so much of their draft capital and resources and free agency to, to, you know, go after that offensive line. And typically it takes time for teams to, you know, turn that offensive line around. They have to build continuity and things like that and like get to know each other. But I mean, at the beginning of the year, we did see that over the first like two or three games. They had some injuries up front. Like there were, I think, three starters missing at one point. But man, they've come together and that offensive line is just, they might be in the best in the NFL right now.
0: All right. So what is your final prediction for the score?
1: Final prediction on this one. I am going to say
0: that the Chiefs win 31-28. 31-28. All right, I'm going with the Colts. I I said it uh, last week and uh, figured the Colts would be here. I think they're the better team, man. They're 10 of their last 11 games. They started off 1-5, guys. Got one of the best defenses in the NFL all of a sudden. Uh, They probably have the best offensive line. Uh, I think Andrew Luck is right there behind Patrick Mahomes as the number three quarterback in the
1: NFL. Um, they've got the weapons, man. I think that they could pull it off in Kansas City. I I'm not saying that it's not possible. Someone asked me earlier today. They said, "What do you think is the most likely upset of the week?" And I said that it would be the Colts for me. Like if I was going to predict one upset, I would say it's the Colts. All right, let's
0: move along. And uh, you know what? That game took a long time, but the reason why is because there's so many playable players. Uh, The next game, that's not exactly the case. The Saturday night game. Los Angeles against Dallas. Not very exciting, Tex.
1: No, it's not. And like a lot of people are going to look down to Dak Prescott and be like, oh 5,200, not a bad play for cash. But I'm staying away from him on this one. The Rams have dominated time possession when they're at home. Uh, they have Gurley back. They've, they've had a two-week rest. Gurley's been out for a month. And like he's coming back, he's healthy, he's fine. And that Rams defense with a to lead back, they've played eight games with Talib. They've allowed just 209 passing yards per game. touchdowns, one and a half interceptions per game. So they've turned every quarterback, every opposing quarterback into Blake Bortles. Essentially, yeah. I mean, maybe even worse. Like that's double interceptions what you're allowing touchdowns. It's kind of crazy. But Talib, it's just, I feel like they match up pretty well. Like Zeke can run on that defense. But the question is, how does game script go? Like, can they get ahead in this game? And that's the only thing that will allow them to win it. I just don't think it happens in LA. Um, I was looking up things earlier today for betting pros. The Cowboys are three and five away from home. They're one and three in uh, non-conference games, while the the Rams are seven and one at home and four and zero in non-conference games. So it's like this team has not seen Sean McVay before. I feel like it's a problem uh, for them. I'm not playing Dash, Dak Prescott. I don't even think that he's. I don't. I don't even know if he has enough upside for tournaments. To be honest with you, like his rushing upside, I guess.
0: No chance. I'm using him in tournaments,
1: but ugh, I don't like him. What about golf? Would you use him in tournaments? Because obviously, we're not
0: using either in cash games.
1: I don't think that. He's a great tournament play. I actually think that he's better uh, in cash than he is in tournaments because the Cowboys have held 16 of 17 quarterbacks to two or less passing touchdowns, and we know that Jared Goff offers you nothing on the ground. Like he's not rushing for a touchdown, he's not getting any yards. I think he's safe for sure. Um, like if you wanted to use him in cash, like at 5,500, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I'd probably try and find 700 to get up to luck, but I don't have an issue with him in cash.
0: All right. Now you talked up Todd Gurley coming back. He's really
1: expensive. Zeke is too. Would you play either of these guys? Uh, I like them both. I mean, but here's the thing is like, I I don't, it's going to be really tough to pay up for both of them. 8,200 for Zeke, 8,000 for Gurley. I think Gurley's going to be fine. I honestly believe that they held him out because it's like running backs, like like I like I talked about with Zeke last week. I love that they gave him week 17 off because running backs I can care less. Like those guys can walk in with a new team whatever and they're going to be fine. Uh Todd Gurley's going to be fine. He's been resting. He's his knee is like 100%. I think that he's a full go and he's cheaper than Zeke. Yeah, CJ Anderson is not somebody I would even consider. Like, don't play CJ Anderson. There's going to be people who play him, but I'm not one of them. I think there's a chance he gets, like, three touches in this game. But I, if I had to choose between one, it's probably Zeke and Cash, just because we we know, like, with 100% certainty that there are no health concerns. But, like, if you're, like, looking and trying to say which, which player that, like, who has a better projection, if I knew both of them played the entire game – I think I'd have to give it to Gurley just cuz I think he's got a better shot at touchdowns. Like agree if we knew, but we, we don't. Yeah. And I, we mentioned last week I kept talking
0: about Zeke averaging like 29 touches per game over the last 2 months. I'm playing that guy.
1: Well yeah, and well let's think Gurley's like the same play, right? Like so Gurley <laughs> this is crazy, this is a stat I came across. Todd Gurley has played 29 games with Sean McVay. He averages 1.4 touchdowns per game. Like that's stupid. It's stupid. They're at home uh, against the Dallas team that over the last four weeks, that Dallas team has allowed 4.1 yards per carry. They've allowed five rushing touchdowns in those four games, and they've also allowed 209 receiving yards and a touchdown through the air. I just feel like if you were to see Todd Gurley in the regular season for 8K, he's like an automatic play. You're right. And a smaller slate, Yeah. It's hard. Granted, I don't think that you're able to fit Zeke and Gurley in, but if you can, it's like, that's awesome. It's, it's normally a bad thing to play running backs on both sides of the ball.
0: Well, if you can, you're starting like Kamar Aiken. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how you can do it. If you can make it work and have like actual decent players on your bench, please tell me so I can do the same
1: thing. I don't really see that happening, though yeah no it's pretty tough I mean who would you play if you had to choose one between Zeke and Gurley oh I got Zeke in there yeah I would just because the health though I do I would say if you're not worried about the health I think Gurley has the higher projection for me if he plays the whole game
0: I also really like Dallas's defense so I don't really want to mess with that
1: I don't know man they've been they've been slowing down a bit as of late I'm not like quite as sold on them
0: yeah, you look at uh, Gurley's carries too. There's been some games: 13 carries against the Saints, 15 against the the 49ers, 16 against the Seahawks, 12 against the Chiefs, 11 against the Bears, 12 against the Eagles. I mean, there's some games where he doesn't get a bunch of
1: touches. Zeke, he's getting 30. Yeah, like it's it's stupid. He hasn't fall. So I looked at that. He hasn't fallen below 21 touches since way back in week seven. That's before Amari Cooper was on the roster. Um, so like the people that were worried about. Amari Cooper, like, coming and stealing upside from Zeke, like, that that's not the case. With Amari Cooper there, he's averaged over 150 yards per game. Like, his touchdowns have gone down a little bit, and that's the only reason that I think Gurley might have the higher projection. But I think Elliott's is safe as they come this week. You see on Twitter, uh, Zeke was hanging
0: out with our boy Justin McMahon.
1: I did. I did. That was pretty neat. Yeah. And he had a shirt that was covering up his belly, too. That's always good. <laughs>
0: All right, wide receivers in this game. We talked about Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and how the model doesn't especially like them. This Dallas secondary is really good.
1: Yeah, they've been fantastic. It's really tough. Like Byron Jones is the one that Cooks is going to see the most of the time. He's their best cornerback. He's got 4-4 speed, so he's not like slow. Um, He has faded a bit down the stretch. Um, He's allowed three touchdowns over his last uh, five games. So after allowing zero touchdowns in the first 12 games of the season. So it's possible that Cooks is running into him at the right time, but I would reserve that play for tournaments only. Woods, he's probably likely a better cash option than he is tournament, to be honest. I mean, at fifty nine hundred, I don't I don't think he's a must-play. Honestly, I don't know if I feel like anybody's a must-play from this game. Amari's not a great play. Um, like when he played against Akeeb Talib in Denver, Amari finished with two catches for nine yards, one catch for nine yards and a touchdown, four catches for thirty-nine yards and a touchdown. Now, Talib didn't shadow him in those games, but he was a part of the unit. Marcus Peters is a solid cornerback um when he when he can play one side, when he's not tracking a wide receiver I feel like Amari's more of like a tournament guy but I'm not even excited about him too much there Gallup is a no-go for me I don't play Gallup at all Cole Beasley's not a good play you want to hear like something completely off the friggin rails please I mean anything to make my lineup better go for it I don't know if it will or not oh well then don't say it (laughs) I'm gonna throw it out there just because like I I feel like we should talk about everybody Tavon Austin is interesting for me the reason is because like with Allen Hearns out of the lineup, knowing that they're likely going to fall behind in this game, knowing that that Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper don't have good matchups, it's like Tavon Austin knows this Rams team better than anybody. Like they're a team that cut him this offseason or traded him, whatever they did. But like my concern is that Scott Linehan has not showed any creativity with the offense. Like people I've said this before, is like it's been the most vanilla offense with Dallas. Like I know Amari Cooper has helped in terms of production, but it they're not a creative offense. That's my concern. But Tavon Austin It's like if you're looking for like a guy that's like minimum price, he's 3K, if there he should see an extended role in this game, in my opinion. Like, but and on top of that, so the the Rams have really struggled against the run.
0: Nobody's gonna play him. There's a chance he gets in the end zone. I I could see this. So you're saying he's your number one lock in cash games? (laughs) No,
1: No, he's like a if you're putting together like, you know, a dozen tournament lineups, maybe throw him in one just to see what happens. Is like a contrarian play because I mean he's gonna be like less than two percent owned, so um, If he hits, it, let's say he returns a touchdown. That helps.
0: Yep, it definitely does. I don't like anyone in this game either. Amari Cooper on FanDuel is a great price. It's really tempting. I mean, he's just $600 more expensive than Dontrell Inman. Our model has him as the number one value at 467 but he's not exactly safe. With him being that price on FanDuel, would you
1: consider him in cash? I'd consider him because the target should be there in a negative game script, but man, it's tough. Like, he's 6,500 on DraftKings. I'm not even considering him in cash. Like, and I probably wouldn't, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, looking over it, like, even Josh Reynolds, <laughs> Josh Reynolds is at 4,500 on DK. Gotta save money somewhere, man. Yeah. And like, he's only seen two fewer targets than Brandon Cooks over the last five weeks. He costs 1,100 cheaper. I mean, he's got a better matchup in terms of like, if you want to pay attention to wide receiver, cornerback matchups. So against wouzier man, it Josh Reynolds is not a bad play. I, I guess if there was one receiver because you want to save some money, I guess he might be one I'd consider from this game, but I'm not excited about this one. He might help you get to Reynolds. He might help you get to Zeke and Gurley. It's possible. And that's the thing. You have to find some of those cheaper ones. And I have a cheaper play for sure. That's actually cheaper than Josh Reynolds in one of the games coming up.
0: Interesting. Can't wait to hear about it. Let's stop at tight end first. Really quick, Blake Jarwin. uh, We've got Gerald Everett as well. I mean, would you even consider using these guys in GPP or is it just Kelsey and Ebron in cash and GPP no matter what?
1: In cash, it's definitely Kelsey or Ebron. In tournaments, I'm interested in these guys. Like, I like Jarwin um, as as a decent sleeper play. The Rams did allow seven top 12 tight end performances this year, including three number one performances of the week. But Jarwin is just too expensive for me to justify playing him over Gerald Everett. Everett is finally outsnapped Tyler Higby. He's been on the field. Like over the first twelve weeks, he played twenty-four snaps or less. He's averaged forty one and a half snaps over the last four games. Over the last two weeks, like he set career highs in forty five and fifty one snaps the last two games they played. Even better, he's getting targeted. Like, he's, he's seen at least six targets in three of the last four games. Dallas has been uh, a team that you can kind of pick on with tight ends. They've allowed an average of over five and a half receptions per game, 57 yards, half a touchdown. I just feel like if you're looking for, uh, like, someone to go away from Cooks or Woods or Reynolds, like, in the passing game, Gerald Everett has been getting a bigger and bigger role, and at just 2,700, I think he makes tons of sense for tournaments. And, I mean, if you really can't pay up for tight ends in cash, which I, I don't, I'm not recommending you do, but if I wanted to to pay down a tight end in cash, I would go down to Everett at 2700 Everett's
0: always got a chance to get in the end zone playing in that Rams offense. Now, I'm going to give you a name in GPP, and you remind me, Tags, you remind me next week that I told you he's going to score a touchdown. Dalton Schultz is going to get in the end zone for Dallas this week. I mean, you, you should put him in tournaments then. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm going to put him in tournaments. Blake Jarwin has missed practice this week. He's got a high ankle sprain. Guys, you're usually out with three, four, five, six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Blake Jarwin says he's going to play. Schultz has been the number one tight end in the offense this week because Jeff Swaim hurt his wrist. Uh, and as I mentioned, Blake Jarwin has been injured.
1: Yeah, Jarwin, I didn't realize it was a high ankle sprain that he had. I knew he missed some practice, but I didn't realize it was that deep. And If it's a high ankle sprain, I want no part of him, including tournaments. So, I mean, if he's out of this game, would I consider Dalton Schultz? I guess. Even if he's not, even if he's not, Schultz is getting in the end zone. I mean, I hope you're right, Bobby. I hope that everybody can like, let you know on Twitter be like, wow, that was a great call.
0: All right. Defense
1: is your cash game team in this game. They are the Rams of the eight teams that are playing this week. Six of them are playing against teams who rank top six in points allowed to opposing defenses. <laughs> so it's like, that's not good. Uh, the Cowboys, they actually allowed the 14th most fantasy points to their opponents this year. As we've seen Dak Prescott sacked at least three times in 12 of 17 games this year including five or more sacks in four different games. The Rams' defense, with, with between Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, they have been generally the same homer away. They average 10.3 DK points per game. I just feel like like missing Travis Frederick uh, at center it has impacted this team too much, and Dak Prescott has a problem with holding onto the ball too long at times, and he will pay for it this week. The game script, like you're looking for a home team that's favored. Like We have the big, well, not the biggest favorite of the week, but one of, favored by seven points at home, the Rams. Yeah, they're 3K, and you're going to have to pay a little bit more than you would for like the Chiefs or the Colts or whatever, but I think they're worth it on this slate. I
0: don't know if I want to spend up, man. It is really expensive for a defense when I think they're all bad plays.
1: You know what's crazy is that I was another thing I was looking at today is that the Cowboys this year, like if you look at like teams that they have played, the the point differential between them and their opponents this year, the Cowboys scored 15 more points than their opponents all year, okay? The Rams, the point differential, 143 points. Wow. This game shouldn't be that close. I'm picking the Rams minus seven. Like, and that's the thing is like... Field's going to be a little soggy too. Yeah, I and mean, that's what they're saying. So, I mean, I just feel like this is like, it sets up too well for the Rams. I think they do win at home. I think they're going to have trouble when they go on the road, but I do think they win this one.
0: $5,000 for the Rams. I can't do it on FanDuel DraftKings. I could maybe justify it. Uh, there's a defense that I do like more though, if I've got... Um, you know, if I've got the money to spend, let's move on over to the Sunday games here. We've got the Patriots taking on the Chargers at home Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, this one sucks for the Chargers, man. They have to travel across the country and play in New England. Like, that sucks. <laughs> one of the stats I found uh, was that Tom Brady has played against Philip Rivers uh, seven times in his career. He's beaten him every single time. Whew. Yeah, it, it's not great. <laughs> you brought up the fact that the the Patriots defense, they've they allowed the six fewest points per game this year. Um, even better, they allowed just sixteen points per game at home, which was the second best mark in the league. And it's not like like it's not the chief scenario, okay? Some of the people they played at home, they played against Andrew Luck, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers.
0: You know, you're really making me feel bad about using Phillip Rivers in, in cash games just because I have to sa- save money somewhere, and I feel like all eight of these guys are decent plays. I know that, you know, the, the Patriots have been a lot better against quarterbacks than a lot of these options here, but Rivers is so cheap. He's going to be playing from behind. He's going to put up 40 passes. I think even if he, you know, struggles, he's still going to put up
1: 15-20 points. That's I, I mean, I I feel like Rivers is probably better in cash than he is in tournaments again because you're just missing that rushing upside. The Patriots, I looked at their playoff history, so the, they they've played a lot of games in the playoffs. Like it's kind of ridiculous, but looking at the recent history of that Patriots defense in the playoffs, They have not allowed an opponent more than 20 points on their home field since way back in 2014. There's been five games played at Gillette Stadium since that time, with the Patriots winning by an average of 13.8 points. The reason I think that I'm a little bit more optimistic is because the Patriots' pass rush has sucked, and Phillip Rivers has been protected for the most part. And when he's been kept clean, Rivers has a 115.1 quarterback rating. That's, That's more than 31 points higher than when he was under pressure. So I feel like Rivers is not a bad play. I just don't know if he comes with the ceiling of some others that I like.
0: For what it's worth, our model has him as the number four quarterback of the options behind Mahomes, Luck and Breeze, but he's the cheapest of all eight. So I don't think he's a bad play for cash, but man, you're making me feel pretty terrible about it.
1: Yeah, this one, it's just, I, I'm starting to think that this game is going to be lower scoring than everybody thinks. So uh, I know that they were talking about snow possible for this game, but I, I looked at the weather today and it doesn't seem, it seemed like a change. So it's like 26 degrees either way. Yeah, I don't think that they can predict it this far out, unfortunately. And again, you have a California team going into uh, New England to play. It's, it's just not an ideal situation. Like even going over to Brady. Over the last 11 playoff games, he's totaled at least 35 pass attempts in every single game. He's also thrown at least two touchdowns in 10 of those games. So it's like, hmm, like, what do you think about him for, he's 5,600 in DraftKings. Like, would you rather play him over someone like Jared Goff or Phillip Rivers?
0: Over Jared Goff? Yes, absolutely. Over Phillip Rivers? Uh, it's close. I mean, Brady's cheaper on DraftKings than Philip Rivers.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is like all those guys are in the same territory. They're all at 55 to 56, 5,700. So it's like, you know, if you're choosing one in that territory, it's really tough. Like for me, it's like, I never want to bet against Brady in the playoffs. Like seriously, it's just one of the worst feelings in the world, uh, trying to root against Tom Brady, like in the playoffs, not because like you want to love the guy so much. It's just because like, he will beat you like more often than not. And that's like, I don't want to bet against him, but all in all, I just feel like I don't want to make that decision between these three guys. And that's why I'm going to pay up for Andrew Luck. But um, against the Chargers defense, they've been so good. Gronk hasn't been the same player. I just feel like the Chargers are a team that can be had on the ground. But knowing how much New England has passed in the playoffs, it's like, I definitely contemplate Brady. I think he's a better cash option than tournament. Um, just because, like I said, I feel like this game might be a little bit lower scoring than people think. The over under on it went down to 45 and then it went back up to 47. I think people were pounding the over. So it's like trying to figure that out, but it's the lowest total on the slate.
0: I've got the under in this game. In fact, this was the one I was most confident about.
1: Really? Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I do feel like this one's going to be lower scoring than people think. So that's why it's like with these ones, I'm not too excited about them. I just feel like I'd rather pay up for Andrew Luck if, I'm, if I can't get to Mahomes, obviously.
0: Hey, by the way, we forgot to give our predictions on uh, on the Dallas-Los Angeles court. Sounds like you're picking Los Angeles. And while we're there, let's pick the uh, New England and Chargers game as well. I will go 27-13 to 13 Rams. 27-13 Rams. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to go a little bit higher than that. I think that there's going to be a lot of points on the board in this one. I'm going to go 33-21 Rams. Wow. And what are you going with in the uh, in the Patriots-Chargers game?
1: Patriots Chargers. I feel like they set this line perfect. Uh, It was at four points when I was picking the game and that's probably right where I would have set it. But again, I don't want to pick against Tom Brady. So um, I'm going to take New England giving the four points. All
0: right. I'm going 2017 Patriots.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I I would say 2317 Patriots.
0: All right. So let's move on over to the running backs here in this game. And I could see using any of the three, the Patriots. (laughs) You can make a case for legit any of them. Any of them. Who, so who do you like the best? Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James
1: White, all three of them, two running backs and then the flex play? And FanDuel, I think Sonny Michelle probably, just because he's got the most touchdown potential. Like you look at the red zone like usage between these guys and Sonny michelle has been the one.
0: Not a bad price either. He's $6,600. That's the same price as Spencer Ware, a little bit more expensive than uh, Mark Ingram.
1: Yeah. And then, but then looking over at like it James White on DraftKings, he's probably the best player at DraftKings because White hasn't fallen below 13.4 DraftKings points in 12 of 16 games this year. This is his lowest cost since way back in week three. And the Chargers did allow more than 50 receiving yards in 10 of their 16 games this year. So I think White's playable in cash and has tournament appeal as well. Michelle is the one I think FanDuel would probably be the best play. I think you can. I I don't know if I want to say Burkhead because
0: I love him for GPP, but yeah, I can't trust him in cash.
1: Right. And I mean, it's very possible that Michelle gets Belichicked and, you know, Burkhead gets the goal line carries this game. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, James White, that guy, like, if you look at his, like, over the playoffs, like what he's done, do you know how many touchdowns he's scored? 10,000. All right. So James White has played in six playoff games over the last two years. In those games, he's totaled 298 yards and eight touchdowns. What? <laughs> oh man, is it going to happen again? It's like 50 yards a game and 1.33 touchdowns. It's like Todd Gurley type touchdowns. It's kind of stupid.
0: So he he's as expensive as Melvin Gordon. Would you rather play James White than Melvin Gordon?
1: No, no. On DraftKings, like he's much cheaper. On DraftKings, he's 4900 which is like, like I said, it's dirt cheap for James White and Melvin Gordon, 62. Melvin Gordon, 62 is not a bad price. He's really not. But he's dealing with the injury
0: and everything, and I know he wasn't very good last week. But come on, it was against Baltimore. Do you think he bounces back
1: and has a Melvin Gordon game? I think it's possible. Like I was really shocked to see the like how how low his snaps were in that game. I was really like taken back by that, and now I can understand why he's priced at sixty two hundred, which is like stupid. Like that you've not seen him even close to that price this season. But he got 18 touches last week, so I think that was a big bump, and I think and they were up big the whole week too. Like I guess they didn't need to play him because they were up so big. But that's kind of how I feel, and it's like like save him for this. I feel like at 6,200 a guy that is kind of locked into 18 plus touches. Is he? He's not practicing. He wasn't practicing last week though either. I I feel like this is to keep him fresh. Like like I said, I, I. I can care less like even if it's Sony Michelle if it's Ezekiel Elliott if the Cowboys didn't want to practice Ezekiel Elliott this week I'd have no issue with that why because he doesn't need the reps he really doesn't and I kind of feel that way about Melvin Gordon and in a game where it's like I don't see a game script where Melvin Gordon is not being played because it's like you think if the Chargers go up in this game some somehow some way he's gonna be getting the carries all right and if you get if, if a team hits the 20 carry mark against New England they've had tons of success if they fall behind, he's going to be involved in the passing game because he's like one of the best three down backs in the game. So it's like, looking at this, it's 6,200. It's like, I'll take the risk on with Melvin Gordon. And If you want to play him in cash, I have no issue with it. Um, I think that he has upside in tournaments as well.
0: Anything for Austin Ackler, would you even consider him in GPP?
1: Tournaments only. That's that's really it. Like Melvin Gordon could always, like let's say he aggravates one of his injuries and he has to miss the game. Ackler is going to rack up tons of points through the air. So um, tournament exposure, yeah. But in cash, no.
0: Man, I can't figure out what to do. I'm trying to fix my lineup as as we're going through this and it is just so hard. It is. Because I'd
1: love I'd love to get Gordon in my lineup. He's so cheap. I have no yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like sixty two hundred on DK is just too cheap for him. Like I, I get it. Like there's 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 three running backs I, I I do like better than him, but you're getting such a discount to go down to him.
0: Yeah, like who do you who do you trust more? Do you would you rather have Melvin Gordon or Marlon Mack? Would you rather have Melvin Gordon or Sony Michelle, Mark Ingram? no Gordon for sure overall them me too and he's the same price
1: yeah that's the thing on FanDuel I'm um, like I'm looking at DraftKings like the only three that are more expensive are the three running backs I like Morris Kamara Gurley and Elliott Mm -hmm. all right man let's go wide receivers in
0: this game we've got Edelman in this game and a whole bunch of crap for the Patriots and then we've got Keenan Allen who we know is going to get a lot of touches I wouldn't use Mike Williams in, in cash obviously but in GPP he's a great play who
1: do you like out of all these guys uh, I mean if I had to pick one it's got to be Keenan Allen. The game script last week obviously prevented him from getting like a ton of targets like I thought he would. Um like it wasn't a great matchup against Baltimore. This matchup isn't bad though. Like y- if you look at it it's like y- people there there's like a torn consensus on who everyone thinks is going to cover Keenan Allen. Like it's impossible for teams to like really key in on slot receivers. Like we saw even when like the Dolphins would come to town, like a team that played the the Patriots like multiple times a year, Jarvis Landry would always tear up that defense. And it's like because Bill Belichick is good at taking away number one options, like perimeter options, in the slot it's a lot more difficult to do that. You know, Keenan Allen does play like sixty percent of his snaps in the slot. Some people think it's JC Jackson that's gonna cover him. I happen to think it's Jason McCourty, and McCourty has been uh, less, uh, he's been more impressive on the perimeter. Playing in the slot is so much different. Like you can't get your hands on the wide receiver most of the time. There's just too many ways for them to go. They they don't have the sideline to work with. I just feel like it's a matchup where it's like Philip Rivers is going to look to his moneymaker here, and Keenan Allen is by far the one with the best matchup because you have Mike Williams matched up with Stephon Gilmore, and Gilmore has been really freaking good. Do I think Williams can like he can score two touchdowns at any point? Like we saw Corey Davis give it to Stephon Gilmore like you know about a month ago. So it's possible. But he's not likely.
0: Yeah, you've got to have some exposure in GPP. But for cash, I mean, it's Allen, Edelman, and nobody else I would consider. I'd like to put Allen in my lineup, but I don't have the money.
1: I think Allen's, like, I think he's playable in cash. And I would, like, to be clear, I would rather play him than Edelman. They're, like, the same price on DK. Edelman, the matchup, Desmond King should have been a pro bowler this year. Like he's played phenomenal. He's kept the ball in front of him. Is, is he the best slot corner in football? I, I think he is. I mean, Chris Harris Jr. still gets my vote, but but he's he's definitely up there. Um they do play a lot of zones, so I expect Edelman. He should rack up some catches, but I don't know if there's gonna be a touchdown for him in this game. And you're paying sixty three hundred. I would just rather go to Keenan Allen. I think he's got a, a similar floor and I think he has more upside. So Um Fandle is five hundred dollars cheaper too. Yeah, I like Keenan Allen better than I do Julian Edelman.
0: All right, tight ends. We don't really need to talk about Gronk, do we? I mean, he's playable in tournaments. Is he? I wouldn't use him. I wouldn't use
1: him at all. Really? I mean, what's his upside? Four catches? Maybe he gets in the end zone? I I mean, there's a chance of two touchdowns. At 4,600, like, he's definitely in play for tournaments. And honestly, it's like if you... It's a good price on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's not that cheap. I'm not even gonna like sit here and tell you that he's like totally not playable in cash at 46. Like, oh man, not interested at all. Ebron and Kelsey are the plays. Uh, like, that's that's I'm not. I will not play Gronk in cash. But if someone told me that like I just don't have the money to get up to those guys, I don't think that he's a terrible option 4600. Just because it's like in tight end you're looking for a touchdown, and I don't know if anybody comes with a higher probability of scoring a touchdown than Gronk. Oh, I don't think so, man. Eh, Since week five, he's got over three receptions once. One time. One time. It hasn't been great, man. It really hasn't. I mean, but he did have two brutal matchups against the Bills and the Jets at the end of the year. Those were two top six teams. Um, I feel like his ownership is going to be lower because he has struggled as of late. But again, I don't know if anybody offers two touchdown upside like Gronk does every single week. And he may not be the same player. Maybe getting those two weeks of rest help. You know what I mean? Like he's someone that does need that rest. So I think Ebron has a better chance at three touchdowns than Gronk does at two. Oh, no, no. I like in tournaments.
0: Okay. All right. Go ahead and play him, man. I'll take all your monies. <laughs> Defense, I don't mind the, uh, the Patriots so much in this game. We talked about how they haven't allowed 20 points at home in the playoffs in a long time. Uh, Rivers has struggled the last couple weeks. I, I like Rivers for cash. I could even use Rivers and the Patriots in my cash game lineup and still feel good about it.
1: Yeah, the Patriots are the team that I actually first went to because I was trying to save money, and it was like, okay, let's do the less, you know, and I ended up going up to the Rams because I can't do the Patriots. Uh, The reason is is because Rivers, he's only been sacked once in the last two games. The Patriots, um, the only team that had a worse pass rush than the Patriots this year was the Raiders. Obviously not something you want to be associated with. I know Rivers has struggled a little bit as of late, but... I don't know. I, I can't do it. I'm just looking for a higher floor. And like in tournaments, again, any of these teams are playable in tournaments. Um, I, You know, we don't have to talk about that much. But in cash, I'm looking for the highest floor. And to go, you know, to go up 400 bucks to the Rams, I'll feel more comfortable with the Rams uh, getting three plus sacks, you know, maybe a turnover here and there, keeping the opponents low scoring than I am with the Patriots for $400 uh, less.
0: Second half of the season, here's their points allowed. Six against the Bills, 17 against the Packers, 13 against the Jets, 10 against the Vikings, 17 against the Steelers, 12 against the Bills. Three against the Jets. Uh, they got blown away by the Titans and Dolphins. Who knows why? But, um, you know, besides that, they've been just absolutely dominant.
1: Yeah, they've scored um, seven or more DK points in six of their eight home games. But the exceptions were the Packers and the Chiefs, like two good offenses. And I think that the the Chargers are considered a good offense, in my opinion. I know they haven't been playing great as of late, but um, I would put them in that. So I don't think the Patriots are a terrible play. Again, that's who I started with this week, but I I just moved up to the Rams. All right, last game on the slate Sunday late afternoon. We
0: have the Eagles at the
1: Saints. This is going to be a blowout. Hey, I think the Saints are going to win this game by three touchdowns. Wow, I do not. I, I'm I'm choo- I'm picking the Saints to win this game, but I think the game is going to be closer than people think. I would say. I mean, you've got the best team in the NFL against a mediocre team. I, I really think the Eagles are like 15th,
0: 14th best team in the NFL. I'll go 30 to 24 Saints. 30 to 24. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, let's go 35 to 14. Whoo.
1: Wow. You're expecting a whooping. Oh, yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's the second time they're meeting. So I I just feel like the the Eagles can game plan for the team that they played and understanding that Ted Ginn coming back. It it clouds things a little bit. I mean, Foles is not playable in cash, right? You're not playing him there. No, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, he's had a couple crappy games this year. Let's not forget. I mean, against the Bears, like he had some good throws, but he had some really bad ones as well. The reason that he's, I think he's considerable, like you can consider him in cash is because, like, you look at the game script, and if you're projecting a 35 14 game, it's like there's going to be plenty of pass attempts. The Saints don't allow anything on the ground. Uh, the Eagles haven't been able to get their ground game going as of late. And the Saints have allowed nine of 16 quarterbacks to score 19 or more DK points. Yeah, kind of
0: like in the Houston game. He threw 49 passes for 471 yards. So there's some upside there for GPP. Can't do it in cash. I'd rather play Rivers. Uh, Breeze is a solid play against the Eagles, but I don't know why you would when you've got Mahomes in luck.
1: Yeah, I, it's so weird, man. Like, thinking about it, like, despite all the, the injuries that the Eagles have, like, dealt with in the secondary. They've allowed just a 3.5% touchdown rate. That's the fifth lowest mark in the league. Like that's crazy. And I know like if you go back to the week 11 game, Breeze threw for 363 yards, four touchdowns on 30 pass attempts. We're not looking to replay week 11. You know, Breeze was during like on a really really hot streak during that time. Like he he was playing so well. But you get towards the end of the year and Breeze was just like he was on a cold streak. Yeah, he was. He sure was. Over his last four games, he's thrown just three touchdowns and three interceptions. And again, he's another player that it's like there's some like, well, hold on a second. Three of those were away games
0: and then it was against the uh against the Steelers when the season didn't matter at all.
1: Well, right, but no, well that's I don't want to say it didn't matter because it did matter them in week 16. But what I will say is that I don't I just think that there's more to this game than that like drew Brees has not played football in a month he hasn't played a football game so he hasn't played since week 16 and it's not a month but he hasn't played in three straight weeks that's a long time to not play in a football game i think that's different than a running back that can just kind of walk back in and do his job where it's like Brees was it might have been a good thing for him just because like he he wasn't playing very well before the uh, season ended so they are back at home this is a team he dominated in the first meeting but again i i do happen to think that doug peterson and that team uh, will game plan much better in this game I think Breeze is definitely in play for tournaments, but in cash, he's got six games with 27 or more fantasy points. I know. He's definitely got the upside, but he's also got a floor too. Like we've seen his floor And the Eagles like for as much as people think that they're such a great run defense, they're not, and it's very possible that Alvin Kamara has like a monster game and Drew Breeze is just kind of like takes a back seat.
0: I'm not going to I'm not willing to play Kamara in cash games, but for GPP, he is my absolute favorite play because here's the thing, he's been so much better than Ingram. They have to win this game. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go back to the week, uh, first four weeks where Kamara was getting, you know, what was it, 31 touches against the Falcons. If he
1: gets 25 plus touches in this game, he's going to be
0: the best player on the
1: slate. Yeah, he's another one. He hasn't played in three weeks either. Like, Kamara has, like, massive upside. Like, I was looking through this, and Kamara has been, like, over his last uh, seven games, it's been, like, in between 11 and 14 carries, in between 5 and 11 targets, like— You're looking at 15 to 22 touches for him. And against this team, like, again, the Eagles have not been good. Like, prior to shutting down Jordan Howard, who was terrible, Tariq Cohen not getting any touches, Adrian Peterson had four four carries the the week before that. Alfred Blue had four carries the week before that because uh, Lamar Miller was injured. Prior to those three games, the Eagles allowed seven top 15 running back performances in six games. It was at least one in every single game. You'd have to go all the way back to week five to find the last time they didn't allow at least one top 18 running back performance. So it's like, you look at this, and Kamara is one of my favorite plays. Like I don't think that you need to play him in cash, just considering that he's not far off of... Can you imagine Zeke, Gurley, and Kamara all in the same lineup? I mean, people are going to do it. That's... 100% Hundred percent, it's going to happen, and then they're going to have some scrubs at wide receiver trying to make up for it. But
0: well, in GVP, yeah, I, I I would love to do it in cash because you know these three are going to eat.
1: Yeah, like that's the thing is like Ingram has been capped at thirteen carries ever since week eleven. He only gets two or three targets per game, so he's more of like a a touchdown or bust option. I think Camara is definitely the one I would rather pay up for. Um, what about on the Eagle side? Like, so Adams played one snap last week, so he's like I don't know what happened, but he he played as many snaps as Boston Scott did. Wendell Smallwood got work. No, I'm not playing any of these guys in GPP
0: or cash. There's no way you could get me to do it.
1: Not Sproles in tournaments.
0: If you said they were
1: $1,500, I wouldn't play them. Sproles is interesting for me. I just feel like against the Saints, like in that dome, like he's obviously very familiar with that stadium. He's played in that field. He did get 13 carries last week. Yeah, and he's playing the majority of the snaps. Like he's playing the most snaps in the team, like hands down. And if they fall behind in this game, like we're expecting them to, then Sproles is going to be the one on the field. So at 4400 on DK, I mean, you essentially need if he catches four balls for 40 yards, like that's gonna that's gonna almost be his price. Like if you get two and a half is more than enough, but if you get two two x. On a four-game slate, it's fine. Two and a half is like, that's what you're shooting for. So, Sproles, it's like to get 10, 11 PPR points, that doesn't feel like it's very tough for him to do. So He hasn't had a single game this season with four catches for 40 yards. I did not think that that was the case, and now you made me feel really bad about it. But (laughs) I mean, he has been increasing his usage. Obviously, like earlier in the year, he was dealing with the injuries, but... I did not realize that, not a single game? Not a single game. He had four receptions once, not for 40 yards. He had over 40 yards
0: once, not for four receptions.
1: Yeah, three catches for 76 yards and a touchdown against Houston in Week 16. But yeah, so Foles is basically targeting him in between three and six times per game. But again, the game script in this one, like they won, I think they won all those games. So if the game script falls behind, I think that would that would waver to him. But again, his price is just what makes him interesting to me at forty four hundred. He's not that expensive.
0: All right, wide receivers in this game. We got Michael Thomas, who is a phenomenal play. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. Golden Tate's a good play in my mind. I've got him in my cash game lineup. Tate's a
1: good play. I think Aguilar is just as good. Do you? Okay. Yeah, he's playing more snaps, obviously. And like if you look at his history with Nick Foles, like he's been He's been great, like in terms of like what he gets with him, target share. Uh, like you look at it, like six targets, six targets, seven targets, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like he's 4,300 on DraftKings, and you know that Alshon Jeffrey is going to draw Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore has been pretty dang good in coverage, whereas like Agalor is going to draw Eli Apple, and Eli Apple has been, let's just say, mediocre. Like he's the definition of an average cornerback. And if you're going to get targets, like you want to follow the targets in this game, and I, I feel like if Aguilar gets fewer than six targets, I would be shocked and at 4,300 to get that type of targets against a mediocre cornerback I'm good with it so he's averaged 12.6 ppr points per game with uh Nick Foles compared to a 10.1 ppr points per game with Carson Wentz
0: I'll take it for sure now you've got Michael Thomas locked into your lineup
1: yeah, he's the one receiver. It's like you're going to be able to pay, pay up for
0: one receiver, and that's the one. So you going down and getting a crappy running back? I can't do it. I can't spend it for any of these guys.
1: Well, I, I'm in the flex. I'm going to have to play like Naheem Hines or Darren Sproles. It's probably going to be Hines to be honest with you. But yeah, I'm I can do that in the flex. I'm fine with that. So I'm going to have to choose between my two running backs. But um, Michael Thomas, like here's I, if I can only share because I know we're like backed up against the clock here, Thomas. On out routes this year, he's caught 17 of 18 targets for 175 yards and a touchdown, okay? Douglas, Rasul Douglas, the guy that's going to be covering him, has allowed 9 of 10 passing on out routes for 107 yards. Thomas on slants, 20 of 22 for 202 yards and a touchdown. Douglas on slant routes, 8 of 9 for 113 yards. It's like, the, the the completion rate in this matchup is just so good. Even even though he was like like so you know like when a team is going to punt and they have the gunner where it's like they put two defenders on the gunner. The gunner is the guy that tries to go down the field and tackle the whoever catches the ball, the punt returner, kick returner, whatever. And so they have two guys on him. They did that with Michael Thomas in the first meeting and Breeze made him pay. So Michael Thomas still finished with 92 yards and a touchdown in that game, but that was Traquan Smith's, you know, 157 yard, one touchdown performance. I don't think that happens again. I don't think the Eagles can do that. It's like, okay, Thomas is going to get his. We just have to hopefully limit it. I think Thomas is the play. I I just think he comes with the highest floor and he comes with obviously a massive ceiling while Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith are splitting snaps. And that's a problem. Tournament only. Ted Ginn is only 4,400 on DK, um, which is not a bad play for tournaments.
0: Yeah, Ted Ginn on FanDuel, man, is the minimum price. He had eight targets against the Steelers in uh, just a couple weeks ago.
1: Yep, week sixteen. Then they had him sit week seventeen. It wasn't a re-injury or anything like that. They just sat him because the game meant nothing. So, I mean, the snap counts were like they were mixed between him and Traquan. I happen to think that Gin is the one that is definitely more in play because people are going to play Traquan because of what he did against the Eagles last time. I think Gin's the better play. Gin at forty five hundred. That is that is pretty good. Mm hmm. Yeah. On Fanduel, forty five hundred.
0: That's cheap, man. Yeah, I can't do Thomas. And the reason why is because I have to spin up on Kelsey. Um, Like I said, I mean, Kelsey is projected for more points and he's nine hundred dollars cheaper. So I want to get him in my lineup. I can't do both. So I'm going with Kelsey over Thomas. Uh, Tight ends in this game. There's really nothing going on tags. Yeah,
1: I mean, Ertz is like it's it's difficult to write off someone that's going to has the potential to get 10 plus targets. So I'm not going to write him off. But in cash, I mean, they're making you pay up for them, and I just don't think it's a good enough matchup to consider that. The Saints kill every tight end, except for Cameron Brate when he gets two targets. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, so that's funny. So you mentioned it. The only tight end, the only tight end who totaled more than 8.1 PPR points against the Saints this year. PPR, 8.1? 8.1. The only one was Cameron Brate, who caught two passes for 12 yards, but both of them were for touchdowns. So That's crazy, man. I mean, we've seen Ertz have like what, what three duds with with foals over the last four weeks. I don't want to say dud against the Bears, but it wasn't you you didn't it wasn't worth his cost of admission. And the Saints, again, I I mean, they're just so good against tight ends and the last time this these tees, two teams played, Ertz finished with two catches for 15 yards. Yeah. It was his worst performance of the year. I'm not saying that Ertz that you should write him off in tournaments, you shouldn't because anytime a tight end gets, you know, a double digit target share or has a chance to He's definitely worth considering, but I think he's going to be over-owned considering the matchup.
0: Tags at defense, I like the Saints better than the Rams. If I had all the money to spend, I would spend on the Saints.
1: Yeah, it's tough to justify 3300 for them, but they would be the pick for me. If it was like, if cost wasn't a concern, I'd say the Saints might be the best play. The Eagles at two K, it's like, mm, I don't know. Um... <laughs> The Eagles defense, like, so many people are posting their sack rate and this and that, and like, but Breeze doesn't get sacked very often, 17 times all year. He doesn't turn the ball over very much. The Eagles, they didn't have a single top 10 performance on defense until week 17. Are you serious? That's horrible. Yeah, every other team had at least two through the first 16 weeks. I mean, even like the Bengals did that a couple times. Yep, at least twice, every team. So, I mean... Uh, I don't I don't think that the Eagles aren't play for tournaments for me unfortunately they're they're like the one team where I feel like "Eh, I'm not gonna play them in tournaments and I'm okay with that okay so let's go with our locks of the weeks tags we'll start at number three who do you have this one is so tough I'm gonna make you go first because I I'm just like so torn between my three options because there's like so many good plays here it's like which one do I need to lock in I've got Dontrell Inman is my number three play Woo. Wow. Uh, Dontrell Inman, that, that one's tough. Now, are we factoring in price or are we just going by guys you have to play? Oh, it's price. Yeah. It's all about the the value. Who's going to hit value? Oh, man. I, I, I think Michael Thomas has to be in lineups. I, I feel like he's at 7,900. I have to play him. I, I know he's expensive. I know he's the most expensive one on DK, but the matchup, there's like literally zero warning signs about his production.
0: Yeah. All right. My number two play is Travis Kelsey. You already mentioned him. I love Ebron too, but Kelsey is the number one play.
1: Yeah. In terms of value, I think I'll go with Ebron. Uh, I think I'm going to go on the other side of that. I'm going to go with Ebron at 5,500 just because he's just, I mean, he's the you're looking for targets and he's got them and you're looking for upside. He's obviously got that. Now, would I prefer Kelsey? Yeah. But at 5,500 to save you know, $1,500, I think Ebron is worth the discount to upgrade somewhere else. So I will go Ebron as my number two.
0: I think we have the same number one. It was our number one last week as well. You have Zeke. Zeke
1: is impossible to not play like it's like you know, <laughs> we we talked about that. You have to choose between Gurley and Zeke most of the time. And uh knowing Zeke's healthy, it's like game script does not matter to know that he's getting at least twenty one touches per game uh ever since week nine or week seven, whatever it was. That's stupid. Like you, you can't pass that up. Like you really just can't. All right, Tags, that's all
0: for today's show. Good luck to everyone in your lineups. We've got another show coming out next week, just the GPP one, and then we're going to start getting into off-season content after the Super Bowl Prop Bet Show. And thanks to the sponsor of today's show, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Check out what they have for you. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.